Y'all glad to be here? Can y'all hear me good? All right. I've got one announcement before before we get going. Uh, next Saturday, this is, I mean, just planned. Um, it's not a lot of time, I guess, to get prepared, but uh, next Saturday, August the 1st, I believe, uh, we're going to have a men's uh, group, start back our men's group. So we'll be meeting here at the church at about 6 o'clock Saturday evening and um, get into something, get into a little bit of food, I know for sure, and get into the Word, which is food also. Amen. But it's good to be here. It's important to be here. Um, it's, a, it's a blessing to be here. Some countries you can't meet like this. In fact, they don't want us to meet like this in this country in case you haven't been paying attention. And um, it's important. I know people say, well, the, the church is not a building, that we're the church, and you can just sit at home and watch it online. That's just not true. I mean, the church is not a building. That's true. And you can sit at home, and you and I, we make up the church. But the, I, what I mean is not true is saying it's not important to meet. It is important to meet. Read the Bible. It says not to forsake the gathering together of the body of Christ, the believers. That's you and I. Why? Because there's power in numbers. If you're going to go to war, you don't want to go by yourself. I mean, if I'm going to you know, go back to high school days, if you're going to drive down the road and meet some other guys to potentially get into a fight, I'm going to call uh, a few of my buddies to go with me. I'm not going by myself because they're going to call some of their buddies. And you, you don't go into war and just send a few people. You send them all. And it's just important to gather together. I mean, if one can send a thousand to flight, y'all know the scriptures? That's why it's important for us to be here together as a body of Christ because we can get some things accomplished. And don't think that's not a uh, what the enemy is trying to do is to keep, keep us from gathering together. And using COVID-19 is an excuse. Using fear is an excuse, rather. The church should not gather together because you should all be too scared to come and gather together. Now, the Lord hasn't given you a spirit of fear, but a power of love and a sound mind. And he's given you common sense, too. But uh, anyway, praise the Lord. I'm glad to be here. You should be, too. It's important to be here. It's important who you surround yourself with, the people you surround yourself with. Um, you leave here and take something with you. You can go to uh, other gatherings and leave and take something with you as well. Y'all understand what I'm saying? It's important. We're going to take something with us when we leave and go home today. Amen. So, um, I was thinking about Wednesday night. And um, Sid was teaching Wednesday night. And he had this quote. Um, I may have left it in my, no, here it is. It was a Winston Churchill, right? Yeah. I found it laying up here this morning. But it says, To each there comes in their lifetime a special moment when they are tapped on the shoulder and offered the chance to do a very special thing, unique to them and fitted to their talents. Well, let me tell you, you are unique. You're God's cre unique creation. And he's given every, every one of us talents. 
He says there's a time in your life, a special moment. Actually, I think there's going to be special moments. There's going to be several moments in your life where you're going to get tapped on the shoulder and offered multiple chances to do special things because it's not a, it, it's just, it happens often. And um, what a tragedy if those moments, if, if that moment finds them unprepared or unqualified for which you have been, uh, could have been your finest hour. And I got to thinking about, I read this this morning, I got to thinking um, several things, but first of all, it says if you're unqualified, well, the reason you're unqualified, and I'm talking about spiritual matters here, I'm talking about if we're going to go run in the marathon, you're going to have to get, you going to have to get qualified. In other words, I'm not qualified for it. <laughs> I can hand them some water when they come by. But see, we're, you're qualified because Jesus has already qualified you. Problem is, you just don't know you're qualified. You got the number one starting grid at Talladega 500, and you didn't even make a lap because Jesus qualified for you. You got to understand that. And the the unprepared part, now that's on us. We have to get prepared. That means we got to tap into this word and see what it says about our lives, the will of God for our lives, and different things. And one other thing Sid was talking about, so he's talking about um, to be on watch. So I was thinking about why he was teaching about being on watch. Now, if I want to be on watch, I want to get up elevated. Like those guys in the balcony, they're up there watching me. They got a good bird's eye view of me. See, like if you go deer hunting, you want to get elevated. That's why they make tree stands. And out like in places where there's not any trees, they have tripods. And they put a little blind around them. And people climb up and they get elevated so they can see better. So you take five men that are elevated, they can hold off a hundred men that is trying to charge and attack. Absolutely. More so than they can if they're down here on ground level. So keeping watch, getting elevated, in other words, changing your viewpoint, looking at things differently so that you do understand. Talking about understanding things today. Talking about understanding this word today. Understanding what belongs to you, what you already have. What being a child of God really means, understand that. Because we say, we say things, but I, at the end of the day, I don't know that we really do understand a lot of the word. So I want us to understand it. I want us to leave here with an understanding. Apostle Paul said, I want you to have an understanding. I pray that you'll have an understanding, that you'll be enlightened, that you'll understand all these things. And we'll get into that in just a moment. If you're working with somebody, and I work with this fellow right over here every day, Patrick, everybody look at him there. Okay. But sometimes I'll say, what do you think we ought to do about this? And he may explain something. And he'll say, do you, do you, uh, you follow me? And I'll say, I'll either say, yep, or I'll say, no. Explain that to me again. And then he'll tell me, and I'll say, oh, I understand now. Because if we're at point A and I want to arrive at point B with him, we need to be on the same page. We both need to understand. And vice versa, if I tell him something, make sure he understands. Well, a lot of times it's like that with a word. You know, uh, sometimes I tell my kids something. I'll say, you understand? And I can tell by the look on their face. They don't understand, but they'll be like, oh, yeah, I got you. Yeah, oh, yeah, I understand. But they really don't understand. We don't want to be like that. I want you to understand this word. I want to understand this word. We all need to understand this word. Understand what this word says about us and who we are. Do you all understand? Okay, good. It's important to understand. Now, I'm going to start right here in Genesis, in the very uh, first chapter of Genesis. And then we're going to get over into Ephesians and spend most of our time there. And um, I'll have you all out by 2.30. So... 
So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. Then God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth, subdue it, have dominion over the fish, over the sea, over the birds of the air, over every living thing that moves on the earth. Now, he gave them power, he gave them authority, he gave them dominion. He said, Y'all in charge of this thing right here. And then uh, God said, Now this is, this is when he created them. This is on the sixth day. The last thing he did was create them. It's not because they were the last thing on his mind. They were the first thing on his mind. But... He created other things before he created them. And God said, see, I've given you every, uh, either herb or herb, ever how you want to say it, that yields seed which is on the face of all earth. And every tree whose fruit yields seed, to you it shall be for food. Now what I want you to see there is, what I want you to see in, in this, these few scriptures right here, is this. God didn't create man and drop him out on planet earth. And then Adam and Eve came up to him and said, God, I don't know what's going on, but there's a rumbling down here in my stomach. I think I'm hungry. He already provided food for them. There was animals. There was whatever. I don't know. Maybe they had turnip greens, collard greens, corn. I don't know what they had. They probably had some. If this thing starts acting up, Sid, it's, uh, it's, it's going to be the last day for it. Literally. Uh-oh, we're getting close. I heard it make another sound. Lord Jesus, we need help. Did he give me power and authority and dominion of this microphone? But he prepared them. In other words, everything they needed that was already supplied to them. In other words, he didn't create them and they start gasping for air. Oxygen was already provided. Water, they didn't get thirsty. Water was already provided. The land, everything they needed to survive, to live, to, to enjoy was provided. It was already provided to them. Y'all follow me. Do y'all understand that? I think you do. He did, it wasn't an afterthought. It was on the front of his mind. He provided everything they needed beforehand. Do you know that everything that you've been needed, that you've needed, need, have ever needed or will ever need has already been provided to you by the blood of Jesus? He knew that from the foundations of the earth. From the foundations of the earth, guess what? The lamb was slain. That's what the scripture says. For you, for me, from the foundations. From the very beginning, there was already a plan. Jesus was in the plan. He knew you would need him. He knew you'd be going through whatever you're going through right here today. He knew that. He knew you'd be in the valley. He's never left you. He's never forsaken you. He's right there holding your hand. He hasn't gone anywhere. And he'll never go anywhere. He'll stick closer to you than a brother. You may not feel it, may not see it, but you just got to know in your heart that he's, that he's there because that's what the Word of God tells you. Amen. The name that's above every name has not gone anywhere. That's the name that you need to apply to your situation. Now, um, let's get over into Ephesians. We'll just start in the first chapter of Ephesians in about the third verse. Now I want you to see, I want you to understand some things here this morning that it, this is an already done, accomplished, past tense, belongs to you, just like those uh, five men holding off the hundred. Now if you're one of the hundred, you're trying to go up and take something, right? But it's a lot easier to receive something that you already have than to go take something. And we're not trying to go and take something. We're just receiving what's already been provided to us. 
That's what I want you to understand. That we're receiving what's already been provided to us. We're not begging. We're not beggars. We're sons and daughters. Uh, we have an inheritance. It's already been given to us. There's a checking account. Just go write the check. Go make a withdrawal. There's more money in there than you'll ever be able to spend. Now, you go up in the bank and you write a check on an account that don't have any money in it for a million dollars, or they'll close the account, or you may be in some kind of a trouble. But this account right here, it, it has exceeded the federal insured limit, let me tell you. Amen. So in Ephesians 1st chapter, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ. Now get that. Who has blessed us. You got to see this. It's a past tense thing. It's not he's going to bless you. He has blessed you. I always thank you for blessing me. Thank you for blessing me with my wife, with my kids, my grandma, my sister, my mother, my daddy, all of you guys, my truck, my car, my money, my life, my oxygen. Thank you for blessing me. It's not going to bless me. I am blessed. It's too late. I'm already blessed. He's already blessed me. We're going to say the blessing. Too late. It's blessed. Now, I have nothing against saying the blessing, but what's funny is we say, Lord, we just ask you to bless this food to the nourishment of our bodies and our bodies your service in Christ's name. We pray amen. You asking him to bless big old fat greasy cheeseburger <laughs> and some french fries and a gallon of sweet tea. And apple pie and some ice cream. I mean, come on now. Lord, bless this cholesterol. Just ask you to not let it clog my arteries. <laughs> now, Papa used to say, well, we thank you for... <sighs> we thank you for all your many blessings. That's how he'd say the. That's how he'd say the blessings. That's how he'd say that when we got the food, he'd say, "Lord, we thank you for all our many blessings. Thank you for this food and all our many blessings that you give us each and every day." Amen. He just gave thanks. That's what Jesus did when he broke the bread and the fish. He gave thanks. But anyway, you understand what I'm saying? We ask him, please bless us. Too late. He's already blessed us. Do we say, God, love us? Would you just please love us? Love us. Too late. He's already loved you. He loved you on that cross, didn't he? Praise the Lord. So, past tense, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in heavenly places in Christ, just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, what we were just talking about a moment ago, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love. We're already, we've already been chosen. Too late. He's already chose you. We've already been chosen. Having predestined us to adoption as sons by Christ Jesus himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to praise of the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the beloved. He's already made us accepted. He's already blessed us. He already chose you. And He's already made, you've already been made accepted. How are you made accepted? You had not done anything. Jesus did it for you. He did it for you. He was accepted, therefore you're accepted. That's why He went to the cross. That's why He died for you. That's why His blood was shed. Amen. So we're accepted through what? The blood of Jesus Christ. So here, here's what you can say to yourself or to other people. I just don't feel loved or I don't feel accepted or I just don't feel like God's pleased with me or whatever the case may be. You can say, well, does he love Jesus? Is he pleased with Jesus? Has Jesus been accepted? Did he accept the blood of Jesus? 
Because Jesus was raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of the throne of God, and you've been raised up and seated with him. So when God's on his throne and Jesus is at his right hand and you're seated with him at his right hand, and he looks at Jesus, is he satisfied with Jesus? Absolutely. You're in him. He's satisfied with you. That's how he sees you. That's how you need to see yourself. Did you do it? No, you didn't do it. only thing you do is make a train wreck. Jesus did it. We're just going to accept and receive what's already been done and understand it. Understand it. Praise the Lord. So, in the seventh, in the seventh verse, picking up. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, according to the riches of his grace, which he has uh, made to abound towards us in wisdom and prudence. Had made. Had made. She had made an apple pie for y'all to come over and eat, but I ate it all. No, we're just past tense. He had, it's done. It's done. Having made known, once again, past tense, we're on this side of it, uh, to us the mystery of his will. You think about the Old Testament, Jesus is concealed, and in the New Testament we see Jesus is revealed. We know what his will is. You look at Jesus, you see his will. You read his word, you find his will. According to his good pleasure, which he purposed in himself. Now, uh, he's already made it known. Well, where has he made it known? You say, where, where, if I know it, where is it made known? Because I don't really know it. But he's made it known in your spirit. In your spirit. And at first, stay in Ephesians, but just look at this real quick and make a note. In fact, if you got your Bible out there and you're in Ephesians, right there by the 7th through ninth verse, I just write right there in the side of the margin right there where you got a little room, 1 John 2.20. I'd write it down. But you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. You know all things. You have an anointing from the Holy One, and you know all things. Amen. Where do you know these things? You know them in your spirit. It's in there. What I'm saying is it is in there. Your spirit has been, it's new. It can't get any better. God created it, put it in you. You're a new creation. These things have been put in your spirit, and it's us to understand what's in there and draw it out. Amen? Okay. That in the dispensation of all fullness of the times, he might gather together and one all things in Christ, but which are in heaven and which are on earth in him. In him also we have obtained an inheritance. I want you to see these words. This is important. Life-changing importance here. Have obtained. I have obtained some things in my life. That means I've, they're mine. I have obtained them. We have obtained. We're not trying to obtain. We have an, obtained an inheritance. There is an inheritance that belongs to you. Just like I was talking about going to the bank. See, it's, it's there. The deposit's been made. We have an inheritance. Amen. Being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, that he, uh, that we who first trusted in Christ Jesus should be to the praise of his glory. And the 13th, in him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. In him also have believed you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. This has been put into you and sealed. Get that. The Holy Spirit of promise. You were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Have you ever bought any food that's been vacuum sealed? 
That's what that's what's been that's what's happened. This has been put into you and vacuum sealed. It's in there. Now, if you want to get that food out of that thing that's been vacuum sealed, you're gonna to have to cut into it. You're gonna to have to get into it and get it out of there. What I'm saying is it's in you. It's in you. It's up to, up to us to understand, hey, I got it. I'm not trying to get it. I've got it. I just got to dig in there and get it out. And at the end of the day, it's just your viewpoint, what you're, how you're looking. Like we're talking about on Wednesday, keeping watch, changing the way the lens. You're looking with these eyes. You need to be looking with these eyes. There's some spiritual eyes right here in the heart of a man. You need to be looking through your spiritual eyes. Do you think Jesus is walking around planet Earth looking through his physical eyes? fleshly eyes, making decisions based off what he saw in the flesh. If he did, he'd have been as crazy as the rest of us. No, he was led by the Spirit. And you and I need to be led by the Spirit. If you're led by the Spirit, you don't make silly mistakes because the Spirit will never mislead you. The Spirit of God has never told anyone, divorce her, divorce him. Don't put up with that. Don't walk in love. Don't turn the other cheek. Nah, don't tithe. Don't help that person. Don't be compassionate. The Spirit of God has never said, go spend all your money on uh, some beer and whiskey and gambling. Don't worry about paying your bills and feeding your kids. The Spirit of God's never done those things. The Spirit of God's never said, hey, go flirt with that girl over there at the, at the bank at the drive-thru even though you're married. The Spirit of God's never done these things. The Spirit of God's never said, hey, when you turn your timesheet in, just add a few hours because you need a little extra money to make ends meet this month. Steal from the company. The Spirit of God's never done that. The Spirit of God will never mislead you. So when you make a mistake and you hit yourself in the head and go, God, what an idiot. Just know it wasn't the Spirit of God that, mis that led you to do that. Maybe I'm the only one that does that. But you should never call yourself an idiot because you're not. God certainly doesn't call you an idiot. You need to see yourself like he does. Anyway, moving on here. So um, we were in the 13th verse. We've been sealed in the, in the 14th verse. Who is the guarantee of our inheritance? Jesus is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Let me just stop right here for a moment. He's the guarantee. That's a big deal. Some people may go to the bank. Younger people that haven't had a chance to build up their credit or maybe an older person who has messed their credit up and you go to the bank and you say, hey, I want to go buy this new car or a boat. And they say, well, you're going to have to have somebody to be the guarantor on this thing because your name ain't going to get it. So then you have to go and sign for them. Or they have to go and sign for you. Well, I can't think of anybody better to, to be the guarantor than Jesus. He's the guarantee of our inheritance. Amen. That's good news. Therefore, I also, after I heard your faith in the Lord Jesus and your love of the saints, do not cease to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers. Now, this is Apostle Paul, and he's telling them right here. He's telling the church of Ephesus. He's saying, hey, this is when I pray. I mention you all in my prayers. Of course, he mentions a lot of people in his prayers, but he's saying, I mentioned this thing right here specifically, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, now get this, this is, where we're, this is where we're headed. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened, that you may know what is the hope of his calling, 
What are the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints? That the eyes of your understanding be enlightened. He said, I'm praying that you understand. Let's make it real simple. I'm praying that you understand what the blood of Jesus accomplished for you. I'm praying that you understand what this word right here really means. I'm praying that you guys understand it. I'm praying that my understanding and my knowledge grows as well. We need to understand it. That's what Paul's saying is I pray that you understand. He's saying that you understand that you've already got it, that it's already been given to you. We're living in the past tense. The cross was on that side. We're on this side of the cross. He's already been to the cross. Praise the Lord. I'm sure glad I didn't live before the cross. Understand what? And what is the exceeding greatness of his power towards us who believe according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and seated him at the right hand in heavenly places. You got to get a hold of that. What that's saying is the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead dwells on the inside of you. You are walking around. You are a loaded gun. And many people are walking around, they don't even know they have any bullets, much less that they're a loaded gun, but you are a loaded gun. I said the other day about the whole nine yards, I didn't really know what that meant. I had several people tell me. I guess I skipped that day in class. But you got the whole nine yards. That's the clip that went in the gun. And then, ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta-ta, and it feeds through there, the whole nine yards. Not almost the nine yards, but the whole nine yards. You and I, we've got the whole nine yards. It's all in there. You're a loaded gun walking around. And some people are like, yeah, I know. I'm, I'm walking around like a cock cannon all the time. I ain't talking about ready to go off and just cut somebody out kind of loaded. Yeah. You ever worked with anybody who's just a load, you know, a loaded cannon, locked cannon, and you just say the one little thing and they just go off? So you just kind of had to steer clear of that whole situation. Well, or some people get up in the morning, they just hope somebody ticks them off. They just ready to go off on somebody. <laughs> I know, I used to do that all the time. I just hope somebody makes me mad today. I just ready to, I got some built up frustration I need to unleash on somebody. And then you end up unleashing on those ones that are closest to you that didn't have nothing to do with it. That's what happens. I said, let it out. No, don't let it out. Don't let it in. <laughs> Amen, oh me. Don't let it in. Jesus will see at the right hand of heavenly places, just like I quoted a minute ago. Far above principality, power, and might, and dominion, and every name that is named, not only in this age, but which is to come. His name is above every name. When this was written, Apostle Paul was saying, His name is above every name in this age and the age to come. They didn't have COVID then. We do now. His name's above it. His name's above it. I hear about Christians saying they're scared. I am scared. People say, I'm in fear. I'm in fear to send my kids to school, or I'm in fear to go do this, or I go that. If you're a Christian, and you believe in Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, and you believe this word right here, you have zero reason to be fear, fearful. Fear, no. No reason to be fearful. We need to understand that, because I can't understand why people would be fearful. 
Because I, you know why? Because quickly we forget how we used to be. And I had to remind myself, oh, I would have been fearful, but I understand something now that I didn't used to understand. I understand he hasn't left me, he hasn't forsaken me. I understand that his name is above every name. It's above debt. It's above divorce. It's above Rona. It's above cancer. It, the name of Jesus is above every name that there has ever been or ever will be. Do you understand? It's up here at the top, and it's over it. That's the name that we've been given to use to speak against those things. And you've got to understand it. I'm going to say that a lot. Understand it. You've got to understand it. You've really got to understand it. You've got to get it in you. You've got to believe it. You've got to speak it. You've got to think on it. You've got to think on these things. Second Thessalonians, the 14th chapter, to which he called you by our gospel for the obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Obtaining of the glory of the Lord Jesus Christ. Here's what I want to get you. You've obtained it. The glory of our Lord Jesus Christ is on the inside of you. That's why you need to be walking differently, talking differently, acting differently, because the glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ is on the inside of you. You know what? He don't leave home and forget anything. Has anybody ever left home and forgot something? Had to turn around and go back and get it? It really stinks sometimes I leave home in the mornings and I have a trailer hooked to my truck and then I have to go back to get something that's a real pain because I've got that trailer and I have to back it in and all that. Y'all know what I'm talking about when you leave something. Jesus is on the inside of you. All the glory. He didn't leave anything. He didn't bring everything with him but healing. He didn't bring everything with him but peace. He didn't, he didn't leave anything behind. Everything that makes him up is in you on the inside of you. You're walking around with it. The glory, the fullness of Jesus is in you. You've obtained it. Praise the Lord. And we need to uh, learn to walk in this, walk in him. You read in Ephesians, the first chapter, it says Jesus Christ was raised from the dead, seated at the right hand of the throne of God. The second chapter says you and I, we were, uh, when we were still dead in our trespasses, our sin, guess what? We were raised up and seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Didn't do anything to deserve it, but that's where you, that's your seat that you got. Then you read on in the fourth, fifth chapters of Ephesians, it starts talking about walking and living and standing in faith. You read the last chapter of Ephesians, it's talking about standing. When you've done all you can do, keep standing. You've got this armor. In the fourth chapter, it starts talking about walking. It's talking about walking this life out. But you're never going to walk this life out, and you're never going to live in faith, and you're never going to put on the armor of God, and you're never going to fight this fight until you first learn the part, uh, chapter 1 and chapter 2, that you've already got it. So you can't do that until you understand that you've got it. That's why we've got to understand that we've already got it so that we can walk differently, so that we can live differently. And in the Ephesians, the 4th chapter, 17th verse, This I say, therefore, and testify in the Lord, that you should no longer walk as the rest of the Gentiles walk. Gentiles, that's us. In the futility of their mind. But he's saying, don't walk as they do. You used to be one of them. But you're not anymore. Now you're the righteousness of Christ by what? The blood of Jesus. You're different. We're not walking like we used to do. We're not talking like we used to do. We're not thinking like we used to think. We have a totally different understanding now. And now that we have this new understanding, you should no longer walk like they do. 
You shouldn't talk like they do. The Bible tells us come out from among, among them and be separate. We're supposed to be separate. There should be a difference between the way we walk and the way we talk and the way, the way we act and the way we live. Why? Because we have an understanding. We're not who we used to be. Praise the Lord. Get excited. I know you are sleepy. I can tell. Trust me, I know I left home at 5 a.m. yesterday, got home at 9.30 and got in the bed at a little after 10 and I woke up this morning and I was wanting to know if anybody got the tag number. Because I know a truck had to hit me. That's how I felt. Dang. Having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God because of the ignorance that is in them, because of the blindness of their heart. And we could go on. In fact, you just need to go through there and just read all of Ephesians. Just read all. It's not long. Six chapters. But ignorance that is in them, the blindness of their heart. What does that tell you? They didn't understand. You do. If you didn't, you should now. We just read the scriptures together. Now, some people will just get into denial. and They're not going to believe it. I don't care how many scriptures you put on the screen. I don't care if I put 32 up there. I did that, I think, last week or the week before. They done made their mind up. They're not going to believe it because the teacher down there at the, uh, the college said something different or, or Brother Bobby said this. You better stick to what that word says. You can't argue that. Red letters trumps PhDs every time. Praise the Lord. Amen. Has given. Already been given. Thank the Lord. Second Peter, the first chapter, the third verse. As his divine power has given to us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by the glory and virtue. The, I, I just keep showing you these scriptures. I want you to see these things in the past tense. Has given to us what? All things that pertain to life and godliness. All things. They've been given to us. It's not a secret. He's not withholding. He's not say pray harder, tithe more, grit your teeth, uh, fast a few more days. I'm telling you, this, this, what we're talking about has been given to us. Amen. It's been given to us. It's, it's exciting. He has given. Um, just like in 1 Peter, the second chapter, the 22nd of verse, 24th verse, he himself bore our sins on his body on a tree that we have that we, having died to sins, might live for righteousness by whose stripes you were healed. Past tense, were healed. If I were healed, then I was healed. And if I was healed, then I am healed. I'm healed. You don't look healed. Well, I am. I'm healed. But you don't look it. Well, what are you looking at? I'm looking to the Word. The Word says, I am healed. I don't care what you say. I don't care what anybody says. I don't care what anybody thinks. I don't care how it feels or how it looks. You can't go by your five senses. Because one of those senses told you you loved that girl one time or loved that dude one time, and you found out a little while later that it lied to you. You're just looking with your eyes. You're like, oh, yeah, check her out. And then you get... About three or four or five, six months off into it, and you're like, yeah, for real, check her out. <laughs> Woo! Should have checked her out a little closer. I hear horror stories from men that's married to women. I mean, I'm like, goodness gracious. I've got the, I must have the best wife on the planet. 
I must after yesterday, I'll go ahead and tell you. I'm probably going to, I may tell this story. I'll regret it because of two reasons, three reasons, actually. My mother, my grandmother, and Sandra, Jackie's aunt. My, she's my aunt, too. <laughs> that probably whipped me after church. But anyway, we were down there at a motorcycle race, you know, <laughs> and Walker was uh, fixing to go out, and this terrible storm blew up, and I mean, it is lightning like you've never seen. There's enough energy in the air to light up the United States of America for two years. Lightning everywhere. Well, the white flag was fixing to go out. And, you know, we're almost finished. And uh, um, anyway, so she texts me. She's like, baby. I'm like, baby what? And she's like, it's lightning. I'm like, I know. And Walker's fixing to go out because it was his turn to go ride, you know, out there. And um, <laughs> I just said, well, he'll be all right. And uh, then the bottom fell out, and I'm winds blowing and lightning and popping and thunder. I mean, it was not a good situation, but uh, uh, I said, it'll make him tough. It'll toughen him up. <laughs> she told me she's mad at me, and God wouldn't approve of that. And... <laughs> but uh, I was a little nervous to go back to, the, um, to see her. But... She welcomed me with open arms. She gave me a hug, and I'm still alive. It's all good, but she called me an idiot. <laughs> if you want to know the truth, if you want to know the truth, uh, I said, he'll be, he'll be fine. He'll toughen him up. She said, you idiot. <laughs> so we had, we had talk on the way home. What? had to excuse that woman. I told the ushers to keep her out, but we had talking the way home, and I explained, you know, she's like, you're teaching by example and all that, and I said, so I explained to them, if you're cutting grass, pulling weeds, or doing yard work, or anything around the house, and you lightning, is by all means, you bolt and you get in the house. If you're racing a dirt bike, or if you're out working, making a living, you just keep on the going. <laughs> if the thing's got rubber tires, right anyway they won it's all good praise the lord how did i get off on that i don't know but uh let's be talking about forgiveness <laughs> past tense um we've already got it we've already got it we're not begging we're not begging so sometimes um, people pray this way and they say, oh, Lord God, they pray in a sense of they have nothing. They've been given nothing. They have nothing. They are nothing, and they can do nothing. You can listen to their speech on how they pray. Oh, Lord God, please come. Come come, and, you know, show up and uh, heal them, Lord. Oh, God, just heal them. Well, I, I think to myself, you want him to go back to the cross and die again? Because it says, by his stripes, you were healed. It's not, Lord God, heal them. It's, Lord God, thank you that they are healed. Thank you that I am healed. Thank you that all these things, that they belong to me. Thank you for that. Thank you that I'm healed. I thank you that I'm healed. Past tense. Too late to tell me I'm sick. Thank you that I am healed. Does he have to go back and die again? No. He, he told the disciples, he said, to go speak. To go speak, didn't he? 
this power and authority has been given to us. Praise the Lord. We say, Lord, give us more. Give us more. Give us more. Give us more. What more could he possibly give you? Now, you can understand. You can understand and start walking in more. Absolutely. You can understand and start walking in more, but he can't give you any more. Do you think if you, that he's just going to muster up, well, you know, the blood of Jesus provided everything, but, but it didn't provide that one thing for O-Red. If he'll just pray and beg and plead like he has nothing and he can do nothing and he is nothing, I'll just muster up a little something and, and just rain it down on him. No? He's no respecter of persons. I'm healed just the same as you're healed. You're healed just the same as I'm healed. Do we pray and say, Lord, please save me? Please save me, Lord. Please save him. Lord, please save my granny. Please, Lord, just save her. Just save her. No, granny's saved. Why? Because she's forgiven. Why? Because Jesus went to the cross and died so she could be forgiven. Don't separate it. The cross accomplished this, but it didn't accomplish that. No, the cross accomplished it all. By his stripes, you were healed. We're healed. We're healed. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. We're healed. Um, we sing this song. Let's see. Uh, we wait on you. We wait on you to walk in the room. I like that song. Shekinah Glory. But the reality is, you're not waiting on him. He's already here. Lord, we're waiting on you to walk in here. He, he, you brought him with you. He's with you. He's in you. We're not waiting on him to walk in the room. Amen. Or there's one song, I don't know the words to it. We've never sang it here, but it's talking about being desperate. I'm desperate for you. I'm desperate for you. Why? He hasn't gone anywhere. Why would you be desperate for him? He said he'd never leave you and he'll never forsake you. He's right there with you. You might be desperate for a feeling that you haven't felt in a while or desperate for some of those things. People say, I'm hungry for God. I'm just so hungry. I'm so hungry. Why? You, you've already got him. That'd be like sitting at a ta table with food from one end to the other and sitting down and going, well, I'm just, I'm just starving. I'm so hungry. Well, eat. Man's right in front of you. He did say the hunger and thirst, but you know what he's talking about? He's talking about an appetite. So you can hunger for worldly things. You can have an appetite for worldly things. He's saying have a hunger, have an appetite for me, for my word, for the things of God, the kingdom. That's what he's talking about. Amen. Your appetite needs to change. Diet needs to change. Amen. Now, in Acts 3, um, uh, they go up to the man there at the temple. He said, look at me. He, he's expecting something. He's rattling his chains jar. He's expecting some change. He said, look at me. And he said, it was, it was Peter. He spoke up and he said, oh, God, I am nothing. I have nothing. I can do nothing. God just, oh, God, just heal him. Is that what he said? No. He said, what I have, I give to you, sir. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, rise and walk. That's what he gave him. It's like Peter really believed the word. It's like he really believed that when Jesus said, I give you power and authority to go out and cure all kinds of diseases and heal the sick, that he really did believe it. 
He didn't go out and beg. He didn't beg God to come down and work some kind of miracle. He just used the power and authority that was given to him. That same power and authority that was given to him is the same power and authority that was given to me. You remember in Luke 10 when Jesus says, go out and do these things, and they came back in. They said, even the demons uh, flee at your name. We even have authority over the demons at your name. And Jesus was like, yeah, well, no kidding. I saw Satan fall down from heaven like lightning. That's been given to you and I as well. Praise the Lord. I believe in Matthew the 10th chapter, starting right there at the beginning, it says he gives power and authority over unclean spirits who lay hands that they'll recover. Lay hands on the sick that they'll recover. That's what he told us to do. He didn't tell us to beg them away, plead, just to speak, to open your mouth and speak, to talk, because that's how it's activated. Amen. Hmm. You've already received the fullness, and you can look in John, the first chapter, and the 16th verse, write that thing down, and it'll tell you that. In Colossians, the second chapter, the sixth verse, as you therefore have received Christ Jesus, so walk in him. And that's what we were talking about earlier, walking in it. We ought to be walking differently. Walk in it. You've received him. Walk in what? Walk in the fullness. Be rooted. Be built up in him and establishing the faith as you've been taught. Abounding with him in thanksgiving. We're being taught every week. We're being taught every week. I know some weeks you're like, dang, you're trying to teach us the whole Bible in one week. I'm just excited. I mean, I, want, I don't know much, but I just want all of y'all to know at least what I know. Seriously, I tell my kids, I might not know much, but I can at least teach them what I do know. Amen. But now I'm not going to try to teach you the whole Bible in one week. I'm going to break it up into like a couple, two or three weeks. Beware lest any of you cheat, uh, cheat you through philosophy and empty, empty deceit. In other words, that goes back to what we're talking about, red letters, Trump. PhDs, you, you better compare it to the Word. According to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, and not according to Christ. For in Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Him dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. In Him dwells these things, and He dwells in you. Understand that. And you are complete in Him, who is the head of all principality and power. You are complete in Him. You're complete in Him. The complete, the fullness, it's all in you through Jesus. We're not begging for anything. We're not pleading for anything. We're walking in it. And I, you know what? I had that scripture on here in my Bible. I told you I'll write this one down. And if His fullness we have all received, all received, past tense, what do we receive? His fullness. It's in you. It's in you. It's, it's understanding. How do you understand? You renew your mind. Uh, you walk in it more. Galatians 5th chapter starts about 22nd verse. Read on down. It starts talking about renewing my, your mind and what happens. How things start to change. And one thing leads to another, to another, to another. But renewing our minds. How you think. See, right living doesn't change your thinking. A lot of people think, I've got to go to church. I gotta do this, and I gotta do all these things. I gotta live right, and you should live right, absolutely. But just because you do all those things, but you're still thinking another thing. Have you ever had a, a, a pizza, or a box of chicken, or a pie, and you had one piece left, and you said, "Hey man, you want this last piece?" 
you really didn't want them to get it. So your mouth, you said, no, you, you take it. You take this. But in your mind, I'm thinking, I hope he don't take that. I want that piece of pizza or I'm still hungry or that piece of chicken or whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Or you do it with other things. You, you know, I have to do it with Jackie all the time, you know. I'm kidding. It's a joke. Well, I can't lie before the Lord. Okay. It was partly true. But anyway, you know what I'm talking about. Say one thing, but you're thinking another. I'll gladly take the garbage out, honey. You're thinking, dadgummit. I don't want to take that garbage out. It's 94 degrees. If I wanted to work, take garbage out, I wouldn't have had all these kids. <laughs> or, no, no, it's fine, darling. We'll go to the beach and spend all that money on that condo. I just love it down there. I'm thinking in my mind, golly, I hate this stupid place, the beach, sand, gets in my underwear, and <laughs> sun burns my pasty white skin, salt water in my eyes. Got to worry about jellyfish and sharks and cost a fortune got to eat cost hundred fifty dollars to feed the herd <laughs> see see what I'm thinking what I'm saying is totally different but we do the exact same thing as Christians we say one thing that we think another we say by his stripes we were healed but we're thinking I don't know if I'm healed or not because the doctor said this or said that or I ain't feeling it or whatever we say with our mouth uh, my God, he's going to supply all my needs according to his riches and glory. But you think, I don't know how I'm going to pay my bills this month. I remember years ago, I don't even know if Dan remembers this, but he probably didn't even think I was paying attention because I was probably asleep half the time. But I remember him talking one time about thinking. And he was talking about exactly what I'm talking about right now. He's like, yeah, you can say it with your mouth, but what are you thinking? Something along those lines. He's like, what you think, as a man thinks, that's very important. You can go around saying anything you want to, but do you really think it? Do you really believe it? Is that really what's in your heart? Because it's got to line up. My grandma's smiling. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, because she says a lot of stuff that she don't think are in her heart either. She tells Caitlin all the time, Caitlin's number one. But see, the reality is I am. <laughs> That's why she's smiling. I, I know what she's thinking. See, our thinking's got to change. How does your thinking change? Your mind's got to be renewed. Let me show you a couple more scriptures, and I'm going to let y'all go think about it. For as he thinks in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, he says to you, but his heart is not with you. That's what I was saying a minute ago. Yeah, man, get you something to eat and drink, and you're like, Dad, I don't want him to eat my food. Y'all are having these friends that come over, and it's like they don't have any food at their house. Yes, so my uh, Jackie's uh, brother, uh, Wes, she's giving me the look. I shouldn't say this, but too late. Her brother, Wes, his, uh, his kids come over to the house, and it's like, I mean, they just, like, they just eat for like 12 hours. Like, Y'all don't have any food at your house. I don't even care. They eat all you want. We'll go buy some more. It's not a problem. But, uh, but anyway, hopefully they won't. I want them to listen online, but hopefully they won't listen to this today. <laughs> but as he thinks in his heart, so easy. What he's saying here is you might say this, you might be saying this, but your heart, you're who you really are when you're home alone. Y'all follow me? 
You may say these things, well, what, what are we trying to accomplish here? We've got to get this heart to line up with this mouth. You've got to think it. You've got to believe it. You've got to have faith in it. You've got to have trust in it. You've got to speak these things. They've got to line up. See, what I was saying earlier is right living doesn't change your thinking. But let me tell you, right thinking will absolutely 100% change your living. That's why it's going to start with your thinking, renewing your mind. So your mind can think, by, you, know, you can think contrary to by his stripes we were healed. Your mind's thinking, I'm not healed. I'm sick. I'm always sick. It's genetic. It runs in my family. He got it. She got it. We got it. We all going to get it. Whatever it is, we got to renew our thinking. I don't care who's got it. I'm not, I don't have it. Not going to get it. I'm sticking to the word. I'm sticking to the word. I'm sticking to the word. You just got to stick to the word. You'll begin over a period of time of getting, uh, putting more word in and more world out and having your mind renewed where, you th where your thinking's changed. Let me tell you, things that used to spark a little fear in you won't even phase you. Won't even phase you. Your thinking will change, but you can go further with it. You, you used to might look at uh, another woman, if you're a married man, or even if you're single and think things you shouldn't think. You start putting this word in you, you can look at the same woman and not think what you used to think. You can admire somebody and go, yep, they're pretty. Well, I'm not going to tell you what you used to think, though. I don't have to. You already know. If you're a man... I don't know why women don't think like that. Dang it. <laughs> if they did, we'd be overpopulated. <laughs> I know God pl planned, you know, provided, he, he might have to create some more animals to eat. More trees for oxygen. Nah, I'm messing around. He wouldn't. He didn't plan. He, he's, he's planned for everything. Now, last scripture. <laughs> I did say that, didn't I? <laughs> well. I try to be transparent. And do not be conformed to this world. Yeah, Paula said he don't try to be, he is. I think that's what she said. But I am. I'm just the same right here as I am on Monday through every day of the week. If you don't believe me, you can ask Patrick. He gets to enjoy my presence every day. And do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Why? Why do we not want to be conformed to this world? This world's going to lie to you. This world's going to tell you to go by what you feel, what you see, what you taste, what you smell, what you hear, all those things, your senses, to go that way. But you have to be transformed like those little toys. When you, I never had any, but those transformer toys that would go from a car to like a robot guy or whatever. That's what we've got to go. We've got to be transformed. How will you be transformed? By the renewing of your mind. How will you renew your mind? 
in the Word of God. You've got to understand it. Understand it. You should say to yourself, I want to understand it. I want to understand every scripture in this Bible. Have you ever read one that you didn't understand? You thought, I don't understand that. Call somebody and say, hey, can you explain this to me? Nothing wrong with that. Do it. That's what you should do. I used to do that all the time. Uh, I still have discussions with people about it from time to time. I certainly don't know, uh, like, like I understand everything now. By any means, I just understand a lot more than I used to understand. But I wanted to understand. I need to understand this. What does this mean? Why? I need to know why. Tell me. I want to understand it. That's called an appetite. That's called hunger and thirst for the things of God. I want to understand it. I want to understand it. Like the finished product. How do we get there? I want to know how to get there. Like building a house. If you're going to be a house builder, you need to know how to build the thing. You need to understand it. And I ain't talking about YouTube your way through it. Understand it. Why? So that you can prove what's the acceptable and perfect will of God. And I can just preach a whole sermon on that. I won't fix and turn you loose. Everything's not the perfect will of God. Well, you never know what God's going to do. You just never know. Well, if you understood the word, then you can compare it, have something to compare it to, and find out if it is God's will or not. Like if someone is 27 years old, and they're out rock climbing, and they fall off a mountain and die. There's the will. It's the plan of God for his life. It's just the will of God. Straight from the pits of hell lie right there. It wasn't God's plan for the man to fall off of a cliff at 27 years old and leave his new bride and baby at the house without a daddy and without a husband? What kind of sick God would that be? It's not the perfect will of God. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. I've come that you'd have life and have it more abundantly. Dying at 27 is not an abundant life. Anyway, like I said, I could go on a whole, I could go on a rampage. Understand. Understand the word. Understand what belongs to you. Understand who you are. Understand how to renew your mind to speak these things. Amen? How do we want to close today? I might just pray and turn y'all loose. How about that? That sound exciting? We're going to keep, we're going to keep it going. We're going to keep understanding. We're going to keep learning word. We're going to keep getting it. We're going to keep renewing our minds and thinking. You're going to start seeing how you react different than other people. Why? Because you don't think like they do. Why? Because you understand things they don't understand. Because I'm walking in it now. I was walking in that, and now I'm walking in this. <laughs> you ever come across a yard and actually walked in something? Oh, Sparky left you a little treat out there. That's what you've been walking in, but we're walking in something else now. <laughs> Y'all know what I mean. You're like, <laughs> somebody stepped in something. It's because they walked in it. That's a good comparison. That's walking in the world, things of the world, not understanding what belongs to you. Amen? Amen. Happy life belongs to you. You're favored. You're blessed. It's not going to get blessed. It's you're already blessed. You're already favored. 
You're not trying to get power. You already have power. You're not trying to get authority. You already have authority. You're not trying to get love. He loves you. Not trying to obtain it. He loves you. I'm not trying to obtain forgiveness. He forgives me. He forgives you. It's already been provided to you. Reach out and grab it. Lay hold of it. Understand it. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for opening our eyes. We thank you for putting us up on a high, elevated spot so we could see clearly. Instead of down in the smoke and the fog, we're up high looking down, and we see things with a different set of eyeballs. We thank you for giving us those eyes. When others say it's not going to happen, we see that it is going to happen. When others say you're not going to make it, we see ourselves making it because we believe your word. When others say you're going to be alone, we see ourselves surrounded by friends and family who love us, and more importantly, surrounded by the love of God. Thank you for giving us a different set of eyes. Thank you for giving us an understanding. Thank you for loving us. And Father, thank you that we're leaving out today better than we came in. We're going to go out into the world and we're going to make a difference. In the name of Jesus we pray, amen and amen. We'll see you Wednesday night at 6.